welcome to the Fingers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Infante, also known as Dinfante on Twitter, and also known as DJ Disappoint Your Parents IRL, coming at you live from Fingers headquarters here in Charleston, South Carolina. Today I'm going to be reading the most recent edition of the newsletter, which was published on August 30th, 2021, under the headline, The Culture Wars Come for Chardonnay. As a reminder, subscribers to the newsletter received this and all my stories directly in their inboxes as soon as I publish them. If you'd like to become a subscriber, please head over to fingers.substack.com and enter your email address. That's fingers.substack.com. Without further ado, let's get to the read. The Culture Wars Come for Chardonnay You've probably heard of the conservative coffee boom-slash-grift, in which roasters and even retail locations use right-wing culture war tropes to market themselves to conservatives who feel alienated by Starbucks because the baristas uh, won't say Merry Christmas to them or whatever. <laughs> it's big business. Uh, in 2020, Black Rifle Coffee Company, which is the most prominent player in the right-wing coffee field, pulled down $163 million uh, in sales revenue. With that much money to be made hawking liquid freedom to a thirsty Republican base, it was only a matter of time before enterprising hustlers in other higher price point beverage categories got in on the game. And lo and behold, earlier this month, the American drinking public was introduced to We the People Wines, a direct-to-consumer brand created by a Republican marketing operative to, quote, reflect what we see as the exceptionally diverse identity of conservatives across the country, diversity of thought, diversity of experiences, and diversity of everything that makes up our society, close quote. And how exactly will a private label wine brand accomplish such lofty political and intellectual goals? Well, by posting, of course. In early August, We the People Wines went semi-viral with a video ad featuring a grab bag of conservative bugbears and jingoistic imagery uh, all narrated by Ronald Reagan, who is dead. Here, I'm going to play some audio from it now. Flags. It's a message of white supremacy. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result in an erosion of the American spirit. We need to completely dismantle the police department. If we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. Okay, that's more than enough of that. See what I mean? That's a wine commercial. As you can hopefully tell from that clip, it's a lot to take in. By my quick tally, the video has been viewed over 1.5 million times across social media platforms, including around 720,000 views on Twitter and 680,000 views on Rumble, the right-wing YouTube knockoff that, in the words of Trashberg's Ashley Feinberg, Quote, consists almost entirely of deranged right-wing rants sandwiched between viral videos of dogs licking each other's genitals, close quote. (laughs) This is the platform that Donald Trump Jr. relies on to post sweaty vlogs about woke generals, critical race theory, and people his dad talks to instead of him. So while mainstream brands might consider Rumble a controversial place to publish their commercials, it only stands to reason that a company courting conservative cash would include it in their marketing blitz. Honestly, I kind of thought the views would be higher for this ad, especially since right-wing outlets like The Daily Caller and RedState.com covered its release with breathless delight, and everyone else on Twitter had fun dunking on it, which likely inflated the totals with hate views. Plus, the company is spending money to push the spot on Facebook and Instagram. Their numbers would probably be even lower otherwise. 
Does this mean that $30 bottles of California Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay are bridged too far for rank-and-file MAGA types who have been conditioned to believe that wine is the beverage of satanic coastal elites and see red at the mere mention of true blue California? Who knows, man. Views don't directly equate to sales, after all, especially not in the mostly uncharted world of DTC partisan booze. Still, the company's CEO, Republican consultant Ryan Coyne, thinks that the breakout ad's modest success bodes well for the brand's prospects. Here's a passage from a post about the ad uh, by the Washington Examiner. The success of this video illustrates in very clear terms that going out and unifying people and taking on wokeism directly works, said Ryan Coyne, founder and CEO of We the People Wine and Olympic Media, saying, No, America is the greatest country in the world, and we're here to celebrate it, and you're never going to convince us otherwise. There's a clear desire in terms of the marketplace. Close quote. Coyne told the examiner that the company is aiming to sell a million cases of wine per year. For reference, popular supermarket brand Josh Scheller sold around 3.4 million cases last year. Franzia, the world's biggest wine brand, did around 24 million cases. But whether We the People Wines can post its way to that kind of sales volume remains to be seen. Just last week, with the United States' chaotic withdrawal from its forever war in Afghanistan dominating the headlines, We the People dropped another video accusing President Biden of, quote, abandoning our citizens in a terrorist-ridden country, close quote. To date, it's racked up under 25,000 cumulative views across all platforms. All right. That was The Culture Wars Come for Chardonnay, uh, and that was originally published on August 30th, 2021 in the Fingers newsletter. Now, I've only done a few of these bonus pods so far, and typically I've been cutting them off after reading the lead essay in that edition, but usually newsletters include more than one item. So for this bonus pod, we're going to try something a little different, see if it works. I'm going to read all the items that were in the August 30th newsletter, not just the lead one. Um, Actually, I mean, a couple were very visual and really would not make sense in the audio format, but the rest of them, yeah. So, uh, here goes nothing. Digital Media's BarTab Venmo season is here again. Speaking of Forever Wars, about a year ago, in my first piece for VinePair, I detailed the curious practice of Bartab Venmo, in which digital media companies lay off workers and other workers send them money for drinks, as though that will fix anything about this big dumb industry we're all in. Well, here we are again. Last week, Vice, a well-funded digital media company that has produced both Vital Journalism and the founder of The Proud Boys, laid off a bunch of its editorial staffers and cheerily announced a strategy that sounds suspiciously familiar to last decade's devastating pivot to video. Now, layoffs have been a constant threat in the digital media industry for basically as long as it's been an industry. There are reasons for this that I and many others have outlined ad nauseum, so I'm not going to bother litigating the specifics of Vice's latest reorg other than to say that they sound typically stupid and arbitrary and unfair. Uh, Late last week, Ryan Broderick, who writes the very good newsletter Garbage Day, published a smart essay expanding on that. I'm quoting here. Every 16 months, one of these sites will contort itself into a ridiculous reorg because it has let investors or online platforms or advertisers convince it that it needs to produce every single kind of internet content that exists. 
Layoffs will continue, companies will fold, and the ones that don't will only become stranger and more grotesque content farms as they're slammed together by private equity firms or mergers. We subsidize our YouTube documentaries with Amazon links for dildos and run a tarot card Instagram. Our tech review site is only financially solvent because we have an HBO show that no one watches. We own an Eastern European Facebook page network that focuses on classic cars and algorithmically generated DIY hacks that don't actually work, which distributes a podcast we produce with Trisha Paytas. Ugh. Grim stuff, man. Anyway, solidarity to vice workers who got laid off. And if anyone's seen a Venmo fund going around, let me know. It's State of the Booze Letter. I'm back, baby edition. After all that media layoff talk, we need a little bit of a palate cleanser. So, in happier news, I'd like to extend a warm fingers welcome. Oof, what a phrase. To the 78 new subscribers that have come aboard in August. I am so goddamn happy you're here. The Fingers community is growing by the day, and it's extremely validating to see, especially given the aforementioned and utterly garbaggio state of the digital media industry these days. But seriously, I appreciate each and every one of you for welcoming me into your inboxes. This project can only really continue with your support, so please consider sharing Fingers with your friends. Oof raising again, so they can join our drunken class-conscious ranks and keep the good times rolling. I'd be ever so grateful if you did. Onward. The bottom shelf. I don't know why I did that. Let's do three quick headlines from around the beverage alcohol industry to wrap this thing up. First up, hard seltzer families beat Bud Light. That's not families who drink hard seltzer, as much as I wish it was. It's good beer hunting data dog Brian Ross term for seltzer brand portfolios, like all White Claw products and all Truly products. Uh, per Brian's analysis of IRI scan data, off-premise sales of those FMBs overtook Bud Lights for the first time ever. Yes, this is only year to date. Uh, and yes, football season cometh, which should boost Bud Light's stats, but still, it's a brave, bubbly new world out there, people. Item number two, Proud Boy's White Claw-loving leader is sentenced. Enrique Tarrio, the one-time chair of Trump's favorite far-right militia who went viral last year for screaming about Mango White Claw at an Oregon rally, White Claw! White Claw! Mango White Claw! was sentenced last week to five months in jail for various misdemeanors he committed and pleaded guilty to earlier this year. Apparently the judge was not swayed by his ain't-no-laws defense. Number three! Midwestern Craft Beverage Union News. In advance of Labor Day, here's some lovely labor news courtesy of the workers at Collectivo Coffee and Fair State Brewing Cooperative. The former won their hotly contested union election last week by just seven votes found on contested ballots, while the latter ratified their first union contract. Congrats all around. And the fourth item, which you didn't even think existed because I said there were only three, sorry about that, Tony Hawk's Bloody Waterboard. Liquid Death, an up-and-coming canned water brand marketed to straight-edge skaters concerned about single-use plastic, and other people too, I guess, teamed up with Birdman, the white one, to sell a hundred decks painted with blood straight from the iconic skateboarder's veins. Gross? Absolutely. But the gimmick sold out in minutes at $500 a deck, proving... something. Maybe? Dad?
And that does it for this week's bonus pod. Thanks so much for listening. Please, please, please let me know what you think of this new format. You can email me at dave at dinfante.com or you can leave a comment directly beneath the post at fingers.substack.com. Just scroll to the bottom and click comment. I'd really love to hear from you. And speaking of staying in touch, don't forget to follow Fingers on Instagram. That's at its.fingers. its.fingers on Instagram. Let's link and build, fam. Until next time, I'm your fearless Fingers editor, Dave Infante, reminding you that Ronald Reagan actually struggled with the concept of trickle-down economics until Milton Friedman poured a decanter of his infidel on his head. Many people don't realize this. <laughs>